This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the May 31st edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to preview the NBA Finals. Finally, with the nine days off for the Warriors, we'll talk about some other news and notes over the past couple days. With me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, not much. One more day. We yeah. finally get some, some basketball. Yeah, man. So many internet takes. Uh, the whole LeBron goat thing got out of hand on the internet. Um, Warriors 3-1 jokes. Man, we're, we've gotten enough of that again. And what happens if the Warriors go up 3-1 again? It's going to be over. Uh, just going to be a deluge of memes <laughs> and re- recycled jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably, I mean, I, I guess we'll talk predictions, but I think it's possible that the Warriors get a 3-1 lead. Man. Yeah. They'll be at home for game five if that happens. So. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so before we hit that, the finals, I want to talk about just some news from the past couple days. Uh, with some implications, it sounds like Nerlens Noel is going to get paid. Um, it sounds like the Mavs want to keep him, though. Um, he was, I would say, he's mildly disappointing. Uh, minutes weren't there, got in a lot of foul trouble, really wasn't there on the offensive side, but that's not his game anyways. So if, if Noel stays in Dallas, is he someone that you want to target? And maybe like for fantasy, like the like 50 or 50, something like that? Um, yeah, I was high on him coming into this year, but the, the whole three-headed center in Philly was, was a disastrous situation. Um, and even after the trade to Dallas, I forget what, what was, he was hurt. There was something that was, that dragged him down for quite a while. Um, and his minutes were just held in check. And so, yeah, I, I think he's a potential bounce back kind of guy. Um, he really only needs minutes and like the, like if he can get minutes in the high twenties, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna return value for for you in the uh, fifty sixty range. So um, there's there's some risk there to be sure, and it's gonna be one of those situations where you just gotta really track him throughout training camp and see see how his role is developing, see how healthy he looks, things like that. Yeah, and the interesting part too was because we always thought that he missed so many games because the Sixers just sit dudes down if they're not a hundred percent. But even yeah. Mark Cuban admitted that they were losing games on purpose late in the season. So um, I think that that factor pretty much just carried over despite being on a different team. So Yeah, yeah. just didn't see that coming. So. Yeah, it should be um, interesting to see where he goes. I mean, Dirk's minutes. Dirk was, when we thought Dirk was done, but he had a pretty strong finish to the year after when it looked like he was ready to almost shut it down um, in early December. It looked like he was, you know, they, they would uh, we're careful with him, so yeah, yeah, he defied the odds again. But yeah. I don't know how how high do you go on him next draft? Day? I don't, Stop, right? I don't. Yeah, yeah, I think someone else is going to snag him before him yeah. before he hits the range where I'm comfortable with him. Yeah, I, I won't be looking at him. I mean, he was really good. I, I wouldn't take him to pile like eighty, maybe even. Yeah, he'll be gone though because he was good yeah. last year. Yep. Um, okay, so. Just quickly on some Spurs, Dwayne Deadman was a bargain of a contract, has a player option, he's going to opt out, um, so we'll see what that does for the Spurs. They also have David Lee, who's probably going to opt out, who's not going to need surgery, 
Uh, and then Gasol, he may or may not opt in or out. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the Spurs are doing. There's the whole Chris Paul thing. That's going to be the top one of the top stories, uh, especially with the Clippers potentially breaking everything up uh, with Blake, a free agent. But it sounds like they're the favorites. Uh, Mark Stein said they're the favorites to bring everyone back. Woj said he's expecting the Clippers to keep him as well, um, him being CP. So, um, any impact from the Spurs, I guess. Um, we've talked a lot about DeJounte Murray, especially with Parker Hurt. Um, Davis Bertans actually was talked about yeah. from Jeff McDonald, one of the better beat writers out there. He said he was like a part of the future foundation. So, interesting names, but we know the Spurs, very tough to rely on them, really, besides Kawhi. It is, and I, I think we're seeing a towards more youth, um, at least developing the guys they have. But I don't know that next year you're going to get much out of someone like DeJounte Murray uh, or Bertans, maybe just occasional DFS plays, things like that. Um, now, with Parker out until January, that does open up some interesting early season possibilities for Patty Mills and Murray, uh, see what kind of happens with that position battle. Because Mills doesn't quite have the size to go up against a lot of starting point guards, so there's there's a possibility that we're going to see Murray starting on opening night, right? Yeah, he held his own too, man. Yeah. Uh, especially defensively, especially against the Warriors too, and he had a, a great game against the Rockets in Game Six. So yeah, yeah he's uh he's definitely trending up. One of the, he's going to be one of the I like Jamal Murray a lot more, even though Murray himself isn't healthy. But yeah, Dejounte is going to be one of the top guys to watch in the summer league, man. Because guy's a highlight factory too. So yeah. Hopefully, might retire. Right? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of balls in the air for the Spurs. It's they got some serious decisions to make. Yeah, um, yeah, like Mills and everyone's like they have pretty much everybody up in the air, man. Uh, it's just it's crazy. This team could, but it, it's the Spurs though. They'll figure it out. Um, they've been good this entire decade or entire century. <laughs> So, um, anyways, uh, quickly on Chris Bosh. He sounds like he's getting better, but, man, it's going to be so tough for him to get cleared and for him to really make an impact. This has just been – it's so tough to talk about this because we just don't know much uh, about – We were, I mean, we're just guessing at this point. Um, so, I think last year we talked about taking him at, like, 120 or 130, like, in the last round or two, and it didn't work out. So what about this year? Same kind of thing for fantasy? I don't think I'm going to waste a pick on him. I, I'd love to see him healthy. He was, you know, a guy I loved when he was healthy and yeah. in his prime. But you're talking, he's 33 years old. Um, you know, he hasn't played since the mid-2015-16 season. And uh, some unnamed Western executive basically said, like, even if he's cleared to play, I don't know that a team would be willing to take that risk because what if something terrible happens? Yeah. Uh, there's just so many variables, and I'm assuming that if there's, like, a glimmer of hope that he might come back, someone's going to pop him in, like, you know, the 100, 110 range, something like that, and I'm more than happy to let him go. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather take a flyer on a young guy and just yep. see what happens. Like DeJounte. I'd, I'd probably rather yeah, take DeJounte sure. and see what happens, uh, especially if Mills... Per, uh, the odds that Patty Mills re-signs are, like, super high, right? You'd think so, yeah. Given yeah. their point guard situation and his fit with the team and all yeah. that. But I mean, Corey Joseph was kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I thought I was a little bit surprised he bounced. Yeah, money is a powerful thing. So yeah. <laughs> see how much the Spurs are willing to lavish on what should just be a quality backup point yeah. guard. You know? And they do want to play Dejounte more, man. So that's a factor as well. So Forbes, they, they get away. 
yeah. roll out. If Parker didn't get hurt, I think that that would make him a little bit uh, less likely to be back. But Parker being hurt, they have a pretty bad need now. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're going to trust like Brian Forbes as like their backup, their backup to. Right. What would be DeJounte, I guess, unless something else goes down. But the Spurs will figure it out again. Uh, okay, so lastly, um, I love Denver. Uh, this team is elite for offense. Um, we saw Hernan Gomez, Juancho, Juancho Hernan Gomez really come on, and Gallo is going to opt out uh, of his deal as expected, uh, coming off a, a pretty solid year. Um, and his durability's kind of been a little better. I mean, not like amazing, but. Um, I mean, for him to play 63 games, that's pretty good. I mean, usually we set the over-under at, like, 55, and, um, yeah, so he's he's better, I guess. Yes, um, I mean, the bar is pretty low for him in terms yeah. of games played, so <laughs> I saw the same thing. I was like, oh, I only, only missed 19 games, whereas yeah. if you looked at another player, you'd be like, oh, that's a quarter of his potential value. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, for fantasy purposes, I'm, I'm always leery of him. He's yeah. obviously got great upside, but I don't see him as more than a like top 80 type guy given the dmp risks yeah um i don't know what do you think is real world value do you think he's 28 years old do you think teams are going to be throwing max deals at him or i mean i don't he's going to get paid yeah um especially yeah. for his skill set you know he's 610 he's a could be a stretch four in the right kind of system doesn't have does have the defensive concerns and all that but yeah i mean i I think someone will pet, go after him pretty hard. Um, I mean, teams like the Nets have a lot of money, the Sixers even. Um, I could see some of those teams making up, going going after him. But I'm scared, man. I wouldn't want to off, like, yeah, he's 28, but for a guy that's had as many injuries, knee knee and back, those are like the two worst things that you can have for your longevity, and he's had both. Um, two, multiple, like multiple big injuries, ACL, um, tons of knee injuries, uh, and then that back thing from the Knicks days, which has kind of gone away, but I can yeah. see that coming back. But yeah. apparently the Nuggets <laughs> want to bring him back. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you said it. Like Between all those injuries, the fact that he plays internationally during the summer puts more wear and tear in his body, most summers, I guess. Um, he's going to be entering his, you know, he's 28 now, so two years from now he's going to be 30 years old in the middle or, um, you know, first half of a what we assume will be a long-term contract. I just feel like he's going to be one of those second-tier free agents who gets overpaid, yep. and three years from now, whichever team got him is going to be regretting it. Yep, yep. It's kind of like the uh, Albert Pujols thing for for baseball, where they that's a little extreme. He got he got a ten-year deal, and like yeah, the that. length of those contracts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same with the NBA, man. I mean, when like what that last year the Richard Lewis deal, I always talk about that. It was like such a bad contract. And yeah, paying a, a guy who's going to be thirty, and like we said, I, his I think his career is going to really start to take a, a downturn fast. Um, like maybe as soon as next year, or even the year after that. But the, if he gets a five-year deal with Denver or something, like that's not good. Um, the fifth year of that contract's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, okay, so any, I mean, uh, again, I want him to go. Uh, I want more Wancho. I want more Gary Harris. I want I want more. Everybody, all these young guys, uh, more Jokic scoring. Um, yeah, I, just, I want him out of there, man. I want him on. Yeah, I mean, and also they've got, they still have Fareed under contract, yeah. guaranteed through 2019. Wilson Chandler has a guaranteed deal next year, then he's a player option. Darrell Arthur's still under contract. They have so many options and so much positional versatility that Gallinari is essentially redundant right now. Like, they 
just don't need him. Um, so, I, yeah, I think overpaying, especially with the youth on this team, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for them to splurge 20 mil plus a year. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I mean, they're going to, all these guys that are coming up, and they look good. I mean, Gary Harris is, he's got to be the all under, underappreciated team. Like, for people yeah. who play fantasy love Gary Harris, but people who don't are like, oh, who's Gary Harris? But uh, I, I think Jamal Murray's going to be a big time player. He's going to be a um, fast riser for. Um, one money when he's due, uh, and then two fantasy. I mean, he's he's like a kind of the new Curry um, with off ball stuff, and him especially with Jokic, like, such a great fit to have him next to him. So, yeah, I mean, all these guys are gonna have to get paid eventually. Jokic as well. So, yeah, I mean, unless it's like a one or two year deal or something, I, mean, I don't really see a reason to sign Gallo for that long. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so let's talk some finals. Um, the, not too much of the, the chatter, um, I guess the big news this week was an unnamed Cavs player, uh, thinks JaVale McGee isn't, quote, smart enough to play in the NBA Finals, uh, that report from ESPN, yeah, I don't get that, and I don't know if that's, like, because of the whole Shaq and the Fool thing, but, one, he's hilarious, and to have that kind of a sense of humor, you have to have some sort of intelligence to me, uh, and two, he... He plays well, man, uh, and he, he just has so many bad moments that you can't really, I don't really chalk it up to intelligence, I just chalked it up as just being careless, like there's two different things. Yeah, and I think his reputation precedes him sometimes, yeah. so it's always magnified. Oh, JaVale McGee dribbled it off his foot, let's everyone mock him for the next week. It's, yeah, I think it's gotten a little bit out of control, and to your point, he's playing well, like just shut up and watch the game, I don't yeah. know. It gets yeah, it gets a little nuts. I didn't see that quote though. What yeah. was it? An, un, an unnamed Cavaliers Yeah, player? it's it's from an yeah. ESPN report. Um, but yeah, it didn't say who. Um, I mean, I definitely believe it. And I mean, that guy's a lightning rod for for yeah. that kind of stuff. But and yeah, he's he's funny too, man. I mean, all the the Draymond jokes that he makes with the blankets and all that stuff. Like, I oh, love yeah. I love Javale McGee, man. He's he's definitely one of the uh, the treats in the NBA. Um, so I guess sticking with the centers, Zaza is back. He's been going full practice pretty much, I think, since Thursday. Last, so he's had a week full of practice. Should be fine. Should start, right? Um, I mean, there's yeah, an off so. chance that they won, I guess. Um, I mean, they do want to have more perimeter defense against LeBron, but they probably want to have, I guess, talking about, I mean, Zaza looking at, what, like 21 minutes, something like that? Yeah, even when he starts, he's never going to play huge minutes. But I think establishing that paint presence and keeping Tristan Thompson off, yeah. the, especially the offensive glass early, is going to be a priority for them. And I guess the big matchup is, what are you doing with Draymond? Um, do you just throw him on LeBron and do your best to neutralize LeBron? Or Kevin Love, who, who played really well um, coming in, especially defensively. Um, what are you doing with Draymond? Uh, I mean, I think if you're the Warriors, you, you stick them right on LeBron. Yeah. But they could also put Durant on them. I think they're going to use a variety of options and just try to wear out James throughout the course of a what potentially seven game series. But yeah, from the from the Cavs, I think try to keep love on them because you know and uh, hedge off a little bit, dare him to beat you from from outside. That's pretty much the recipe against the Warriors. And yeah. when when his threes are going down, they're unguardable. Um, but, yeah, that would probably be the way I'd, I'd approach it. And then with the Kyle Corver, who had a, a pretty good round, um, he's been shooting the ball a lot better. They play with LeBron 
more with that second unit quite a bit. I think their only other lineup that they've used for more than 40 minutes in the playoffs was with LeBron and then all the second unit guys. Uh, Fry, Shumpert, Darren Williams, and Corver. That's like their only decent lineup that they're using. Yeah, um, surround LeBron with shooters. And yeah, it's been working. Yeah, it's, it's been, been working. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work early, but then everything worked against Boston for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I don't know. Do you think that J.R. Smith, whose minutes are kind of down a little bit against a team like the Warriors, where they're going to need the defense probably more so than what they've needed against these other teams they've played? Do you see more of a J.R. Smith round than Corver and Shumpert? I think that his his minutes were coming up. I was looking at this earlier because I was I was thinking about those kind of role players that they need to step up, like Tristan Thompson and Kyle Korver hitting threes. And Jr's definitely one of those guys. He's been shooting well, but he's got a nine point seven usage rate in the playoffs. So even when he's on the court, he's just you know kind of floating on the perimeter and not doing much. Um, I think they need to get him a little more involved on both ends. Um, yeah, for sure, his defense will be very helpful chasing play Thompson around and so forth. Yep. Um, but they, I, I think they also need to kind of create more looks for him. He's frequently open in the corners, and uh, they're going to need shots like that to go down to make this a series. Yeah, you mentioned Claire. Usage rate's down about 5% for the regular season. Efficiency's way down, I think like 13% for true shooting. Um, mm. But another guy who, his defense has been really good, uh, and that's one of the under underappreciated things of these playoffs, is Clay's defense has been really big time. Um, against pretty much, I mean, you name it. Um, like he did a good job on Hayward earlier. Just he he played well. So, um, do you see Clay maybe being like a, a little sneaky sneakerson with uh, a big, a big uh, finals maybe? I've never put it past him yeah. for a guy who can light up as quickly as he can. Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see him suddenly blown up for 30 a night, uh, but he's capable of it. Yeah. And it's just going to be a fascinating offensive uh, flamethrower battle here, I think. Yeah. And then also, Cur- Curry and KD have just been unbelievably good. And you could even make a case that they're having the most high volume efficient run in the playoffs ever. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, nope, I looked this up for my column if you want to check it out. Um, before this year, no player in the postseason had um, 10 games played, a 23 usage rate, and a 67 true shooting, and three are doing it now. Uh, Kawhi did it with 10 games, uh, mm. and then uh, Curry and KD, but nobody else out of like, if you take away the true shooting qualifier, it's like five, it's like 570-something people. So That's like, not... Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're, I mean, you're talking about that high volume and they have the best offensive rating in the postseason. Yeah. They also, with guys like Clay just locking down defensively, have the second best defensive rating in the playoffs. So it's basically mirroring what they did throughout the year. Yeah. So I see no reason for them to change the recipe and try to, you know, force feed Clay more or anything like that. Yep. And I mean, the Warriors are going to do what they're going to do. And actually, one reason why the Cavs defense has been a little bit better. Uh, is transition. They've been keeping their transition scoring allowed down. Uh, they're also playing better in defense and transition after the, after they were dead last on points per possession. So, and the Warriors were first in transition frequency and you know, for the regular season and in the postseason. So, yeah. uh, if they if if the Warriors get hot in transition, it's over. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I, I kind of think they are, but um, yeah. Speak- Speaking of the Cavs' defense, 
they didn't play Channing Frye at all, like at all for games three and four versus Celtics. He, he only averaged under 10 minutes. Yeah. He's been trending down throughout the playoffs. He averaged 15.3 versus Pacers, down to 13 versus the Raptors. Do you see a role for him at all in this series? I talked about that in my column today, and I was like, or, I'm sorry, the other day, and it was, yeah, they played Love at the five uh, for about 14% of the minutes last year, and that's when they had Mozgov. So they had a little bit more leeway. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to kind of ditch it, especially if Love can play anywhere close to as he's played lately. Uh, yeah. I just don't see Fry being able to stop. So like he, he just doesn't serve a purpose. I mean, unless they're like down and they need threes and Love's cold or something like that. Um, right. Even still, if they're down, they could play those two next to each other and then just keep Tristan on the bench for more spacing on offense. But I, I have a hard time believing they'll take Tristan off the floor. Tristan's been really good. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then I, we haven't talked about really the the point guard matchup. Um, Kyrie's coming in red hot. A, six, a 77 true shooting percentage against the Boston Celtics. Dominated at the rim. I think like 40-something percent of his shots were at the rim. Made like 70%. Um, just killing. Uh, and we know Kyrie. He hit the big shot last year. Uh, I'm sure they'll be defending him very closely on that right wing. Um so, do you see anyone having an advantage here? Uh, Curry, as I mentioned, he's been hot the whole playoffs, really. Um, so, do, do you see an advantage for either of these point guards? Um, I'd say maybe for Curry, just because the Cavs' defense, you said it's been tighter lately. But throughout the season, they haven't proven to be as consistent, um, especially in transition, despite the recent improvement. So, I think I think he's going to find ways to attack them easier than Kyrie's going to find ways to to break down the Warriors' defense. Yeah, I think it's hardcore Edge Curry um, for yeah. the reasons you said. I mean, he's just so good. And, I mean, it's, it's crazy that we're talking about this guy who was a unanimous MVP, two-time MVP, and now we're treating him like he's a role player. Um, and I saw someone saying that he was just like, I don't know, that it, it, just, it just shocks me that people don't appreciate how good Curry was. Like It's like he aged like 10 years in the past year. Um, so, yeah, I think Curry's going to kill. I mean, he is uh, – KD is the favorite for MVP, finals MVP, and then Curry's, like, right behind him. Um, and I wouldn't – I think Curry may actually be the best bet. Um, yeah. So And then also LeBron, who also – news on him recently is he wants to own a team. I uh, we'll wonder how Dan Gilbert feels about that. Um, not that, he, okay. not that okay. he's selling, yeah. I'm sure it'll probably be kind of like a Michael Jordan thing where it's like the Bobcats slash Hornets. Like I don't think yeah. I don't think he'll buy the Cavs. Uh, it'll probably be one of like those weird teams. Do you see um, just a quick quick shift since you mentioned LeBron? Do you see yeah. all this rest that they've gotten? The Warriors haven't played in nine days. Yeah. The Cavs haven't played in five or six. Do you see that benefiting one more than the other? Um, I think it may benefit the Cavs ever so slightly because yeah. we saw what happened in game one against the Spurs when they came out so flat and they just, it as great as the Spurs were, especially Kawhi, the, the Warriors just didn't look like they were in it. Um, maybe credit the Spurs and Pop for scheme or whatever, but um, I don't know. I mean, the, the Warriors have practiced pretty much every day except Sunday, dating back to Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they practiced. So it's not like they've been out of you know out having fun, Draymond doing what he does you know and Clay as well um, for, for their off court stuff that they they've been known for. But 
Yeah, I, I, I very small advantage for the Cavs. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you, especially since LeBron needs all the rest he can get. He's, yeah. you know, played monster minutes during the season, may have looked a little bit tired during, you know, a couple games, a couple quarters at least versus the Celtics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think if you're the Cavs, you'd be happier getting that six-day rest than the Warriors having to sit for 10 days, which is a bit extreme. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about Kevin Durant too much. Um, do you, I mean, again, he's been incredible. Um, do you see him? <laughs> do you see him maybe, like, I... I Ah, it's so close between him and Curry for favorite to pick for Finals MVP, but yeah, I think I think he's the, he should be the favorite. Put it that way. He's he's so hard to stop, and it's just Harrison Barnes to Kevin Durant. Man, it's just quite quite the upgrade. Yeah, and that's a good point. We're looking at teams that you know the Warriors blew that three one lead, but as we said last week, that was without Durant. That was with Draymond Green getting suspended for a game. Uh, just things that you know that shifted the balance of the series and. Not gonna happen this year. Um, uh, I think I think you're with me when you think the Warriors are gonna roll over him or what? Yeah, man. Uh, one thing I yeah. do want to look up that Anthony Slater was um, wrote about today was just the the downturn in minutes. Um, and really, at this stage, where was it? Um, it's just like night and day how many minutes have been played. Uh, I'll find that in a second. Yeah. Do you have a? You want to go prediction here? Yeah, I'll take. I think a sweep is within the realm of possibility yeah. for sure. But I'll say Warriors in five. Yep, that's what I had to. Um, and I yes. was talking to my friends who they don't. I mean, they like basketball, and they're like, I was like, the, the best bet on the board for Vegas for me is seven to one. Uh, if the Warriors sweep, like I thought that mm. was the best bet. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Generous. I mean, you really don't want to take the Warriors at minus two twenty. Um, like it's not worth it. And for any Cavs fans out there, know that this isn't about trying to slam your team or anything. Uh, the Cavs are obviously an awesome team who steamrolled the East this year. Um, well, in the playoffs, I should say. But it's more about the Warriors, just their their two-way abilities, uh, you know, two MVP candidates and all these incredibly solid role players, guys like Clay and Draymond. Aren't, you, you can't even really call them role players. Um, so, yeah, it's more just about how very good the Warriors are. Yeah. And then what I was saying before, so Anthony Slater talked about uh, minutes through the West Finals last year versus this year. Draymond Green, 639 last year, 416 this year. Clay, 603, down to 413. KD from 734 to 334. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, KD's fresh, man. Real fresh. Uh, so he's, he's set up for what looks like a big series. Yeah, I honestly, I I'd be stunned if it goes seven, man. Um, this team's just too good, and the Cavs haven't been that great, man. Uh, and everyone's saying, like, okay, the Warriors they went up against guys that were hurt, all this and that with Kawhi and pretty much Nurkic and everybody. Um, but eh, it's it's all good, man. I think that, I think they're gonna crush, man. Hopefully, ho- hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully we can get like a six or seven games. But I don't yeah. think we're going to. Yeah, I'm hoping, looking for an entertaining season because we don't even have DFS to, yeah. to entertain ourselves in between game days. So I, I want this to go the distance, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. All right, so we'll be doing, so I don't know what we're doing with the pods and stuff, but we'll be doing pretty much two a week, mixing some reviews of the games. Uh, we want to talk about playoff winners. Like we talked about the Jante Murray, he's a, a big winner for the playoffs because of injury. Um, the draft's coming up, so. Pretty much took another week and a half, two weeks of being like basically when the finals are. It's like one of our slowest times. 
But we'll have the draft, free agency, so it'll pick up pretty quick. But we don't have too much going on right now. So I hope you guys enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.